This episode is dedicated to Tina Ruiz, Xavier Barker, Jerry Wang, and Tobias Hayes, for becoming our newest Southpaw supporters, and helping to make this project possible. This is a special multi-part series called Have Gee Will Travel, A Philosophical Journey. If you don't want to wait for new episodes to drop, you can listen to or watch this entire series as a supercut on Patreon or Ko-Fi. Part 14. Fast Forward. So where am I now? I never did end up getting a real job. And my writing has evolved into a podcast. And I'm still helping people the best I can. And that sometimes means reining in misplaced empathy. I'm still trying to be a better person and still growing my compassion. And my old company, it used to be in the Fortune 100. Then it went bankrupt during the financial crisis. I lost my retirement and my company stocks. When I left on my trip, I still had a nest egg to return to, my safety net. And towards the end of my trip, I was financially ruined. I was flying without a net. I remember the moment I found out my savings was gone. I was in a motel in the middle of Kansas watching the news. The anchor said my former employers no longer existed. I didn't know that was even possible. But to me, all I know about what's possible is all I've learned in my short lifetime. This is why hearing the experiences of others is so valuable. You get to learn from the experiences of different lives and different lifetimes. Now I know. I went for a walk. I walked for a long time. There were no people, no cars, just endless fields. I wrote this in my journal. Do your best, even on your worst day. When I got back to my motel, I was over it. This wasn't the first time I lost a large sum of money, and it wouldn't be my last. When you live the life you want, shit happens. But shit happens even when you live the life you don't want. If I didn't leave the company when I did, it would have been even worse for me. It ruined the lives of many of my former co-workers. That's the thing. There is no safe path. It's almost spooky. I took my trip in early 2008, and by that fall, the economy collapsed and my old employers were gone. I felt like an islander who was sick of their island and left right before the volcano erupted, or rather, before the bubble erupted. Sure, I got burned by some falling debris, but I avoided the brunt of it. In leaping with eyes open into the unknown, I avoided the danger at home. Part 15. Confidence in my skills. One of the things my father told me when I was on my travels was that, no matter where I am or what happens, I'll be alright. It's about the nicest thing he's ever said to me. It wasn't a big thing, but it gave me confidence. It still gives me confidence because it's true. I'm always alright, even when everything else isn't. My confidence doesn't come from motivation or inspiration. It comes from the knowledge and skills I've accumulated. And that comes from living a life worth living. 
If my father had told me I was special, the outcome would have been different. But he always put the emphasis on what was in my control, my skills. Like the original intent of Kung Fu, if you are highly skilled through perseverance, you need no other goals or plans. You'll be all right. Before my journey, I wasn't close to my family. But my experiences on the road changed all that. It also prepared me for all the unknowns. Not long after my trip, my sister died. Then my father. Then my mother. But, fortunately, I grew close to them before the end. I was able to spend a lot of time with them, which wasn't possible before because they lived in another state and I was working all the time. But now, I could be anywhere for as long as I wanted. So I stayed with them. My mom thanked me for being the rock my family needed. I couldn't have done that before. When my mother fell ill, I moved her in with me so that I could take care of her. It was hard to watch my family suffer and harder to see my mom suffer every day as her main caregiver. I was drained. Other family members shut down. They couldn't help, which came off selfish and cold-hearted. But their hearts couldn't bear it. They were suffering with her. Their empathy was beyond their resilience. You will see this when someone dies in a family. The most caring people might shut down and the person you least expect might pick up the slack. I wasn't able to carry my mom and help her use the bathroom when I was sleep deprived and exhausted because I felt her pain. I did it because it was the right thing to do, because I cared about her. I had the right qualities to help her, qualities I didn't have a few years prior. Many unpredictable things happened and continue to happen. I had more people close to me die, all of them too quickly. My father-in-law died in a work accident a month after my mom passed. Another childhood friend died not too long after that. I was never ready for it. I know for certain that it would have broken the person I was before my journey. But without compassion, I wouldn't have been able to bond with my family say hello, or say goodbye to them. Compassion is love, and love means letting go. Without a resilient sense of happiness, I wouldn't be able to talk about this. I came full circle. I left home to finally find home. My time on the road taught me the skills I needed for everything that would happen after. I don't regret what is done but I know how to cherish the good that has happened. The sadness for people I have lost is intertwined with my feelings of gratitude for them. I can bear it because I know a deep emotional life also includes sadness. Miyamoto Musashi said, the true science of martial arts means practicing them in such a way that they will be useful at any time and to teach them in such a way that they will be useful in all things. End quote. Because of my experience, to honor all the people who have helped me along the way, 
I will spend the rest of my life teaching people how skills on the mat transfer to all things. Part 16, Now and Beyond. I don't have tourist stories, and I don't know how you're supposed to travel. Since 2008, I travel only to meet people, to truly connect. Since my nationwide trip, I've been to Europe, Asia, South America, and even New Zealand. I've stayed in people's garages, been given penthouse suites, crashed on couches in hostels, and even in rustic cottages with families I had just met. On my adventures, I've been the only non-family member in multi-generational European family dinners. I've given talks in front of strangers, been given tours by academics, trained in small remote schools, and got to play in kids' martial arts classes. Small or big, paid or out of my own pocket, I've enjoyed them all. I consider martial arts a universal language. I'm interested in all the different ways it can be spoken and all the ways it can be expressed, not only in movement, but in principle, in culture, in method, and in philosophy. Life is an adventure, and adventure means to venture forth. None of this would have happened if I hadn't one day decided to choose something different from my default set of behaviors, to look at my life and think better of it, to choose my own preferences and see where it led, and not knowing where it would lead, being open-ended and without goals, is how I ended up living a life far better than anything I could have planned. When I removed everything I thought I knew is when I found a life worth living and liberation in life. Part 17, Epilogue. The best part of my adventure, in a small town in East Texas, I met the woman who became my wife. When you don't know where you're going to end up is the only way you will be in a situation to meet the love of your life you were never supposed to meet. To each their own. If you enjoyed this series, you can listen to or watch it in its entirety, as a supercut, on Patreon or Ko-Fi.